You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That's how you get going on a Monday. Little Elvis. A little less conversation, a little more action here at Wake Up Tucson. Remember, at 8.07, we have uh, Drew Heaton from the Libertarian Party, and Fernando Gonzalez will be here talking about the ward-only uh, proposition the city of Tucson that they're co-chairing. And then I got Zach from, not that Zach, not the one that makes me fall asleep, uh, Zach from the Heritage Foundation to talk about crime and that soft-on-crime bill that happened in uh, about Washington, D.C., and we'll talk about that also. Dr. Filippo. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm, I'm actually doing excellent. It was a great, great weekend for me. Picked up three new horses. Did you race this weekend? No, I race next weekend probably. In fact, they're probably all going to be racing next weekend. Wow. So I picked up two new thoroughbreds. Oh, and I've got a... Okay, I have a thing for our listeners. I picked up a Palomino. Right. Who I'm going to train for polo. Okay. <laughs> and But I'm going to use him as a pony horse. But... Okay, his name is Kilo. All right, he comes with that name Kilo. But I really, I have this child. As a kilogram? I <laughs> guess so. I don't know. I don't Yikes. know. Could, I, be I, kilo, I, could be a kilometer. I, I don't Let's ask. not everyone go right to cocaine. <laughs> I, I don't know. But so, so listeners. I here, resent that th- remark. <laughs> <laughs> well, Listen. remember, everyone's related to a drug cartel, according to some of our MAGA purists. So you never know. Never oh, but know. remember, there's no border. Every state is now a border state. Um, but. I have had this childhood fantasy forever, forever, Uh-oh. and I'm fulfilling it in the sense of fan- that the man is already <laughs> leaning towards the dump button. Yeah. The fantasies of Joanne D. Filippo. Oh, they might get me on call to the public. <laughs> <laughs> but ninety day ban. Yeah. Oh, are you gonna ban me from this show for ninety days, Matt? Shame on you. Okay. <laughs> no, from all the audience. <laughs> but I really want to name the the horse Trigger. Because he looks exactly like Trigger from ah, Roy Rogers. Okay. Yeah. So, but I got to check and see if it's bad to change a horse's name. <laughs> or for all these other t- changes that triggered. Triggered. <laughs> yeah. He's my <more> triggered. <laughs> but anyway, so I bought two new thoroughbreds, both fillies. So, uh,. Lupe and. Uh... Lucky Lupe. Okay, so here we have Lucky Lupe, U.S. Ready. And Gato Siciliano oh, no. are the three thoroughbreds who will be running. And then I have two, we, I call them the potrillos, which are two little male boys, okay? They both turn, you know, every horse has a birthday January 1. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who they are or what. Birthdays are always January 1. So the two little boys turn two on January 1, which means they can start to race on March the 15th legally in the state. Okay. So getting them ready for like their big, big, you know, breakout days. They have a big race. They have trials up in uh, Turf Paradise on April the 5th. So Kilo, what's the name of the other dog? The other horse, sorry. Uh, okay. Reb's Rebel and Reb's Regalo. Wow. Their, their granddaddy is from the uh, Reb's Royal Dasher line. Yeah, there's a lot of Reb's out there. Yeah. No, there are not. There I'm are the, a lot of I rebs. have I have all the rebs. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have okay, so your brother asked me the name of the my new little thoroughbred. I'm unveiling her next week. Boy, she's beautiful. She looks like a quarter horse if you see my Facebook page. It's like a gender reveal party, but yes. it's gonna be Yes. All right. Gonna have little pink bombs coming out at <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We the, have a great show today. The good 
The bad and the ugly. Yes, and actually, I do. I, I won't mention the name, but I'm going to say one of our very, very dedicated listeners said to me, you know, we got to be doing something good. And I thought about it. And I went, you know, he's absolutely right. Okay. So what I want to mention is one of the best things. I actually did take a look at that agenda and addendum from March 7th, right? Okay. And I said, you know, the appointment of Tim Kelly to the Pima County Fair Race Commission, he's representing Rex Scott's district, District 1, is one of the best things that could have ever happened. And I'm not even sure that Rex is really aware of what a really good move he did. What is a Tim Kelly and what does he do? Tim Kelly was the paramutual manager at Rito for over 26 years. This is a man who knows racing inside and out. And that's what they need. They need to get people on that commission who know the industry, who know what's going on. You know, one of the things is they sit back and a lot of times they'll say, oh, well, people from the racing industry have a conflict of interest. Well, if that were the case, then you shouldn't have had Burt Knurk, Steve Brody, you know, Bill Matthews, all these guys who were racehorse owners that sat on prior commissions. But the thing is, they know the business, they know the industry. It's like, for example, when you put myself on the Affordable Housing Commission, I have a background in housing. I know that inside and out. You want people who sit on boards and commissions that have knowledge about that industry. It does you no good to put people on boards and commissions that don't have the background to sit there. So this appointment of Tim Kelly, I'm going to say kudos to Supervisor Scott for doing an excellent job there. What's the bad? The bad is, okay, I, I got to go back and see it. I just heard about it. I couldn't find it. But, you know, staff. They might, not be, it might, might, they might not have caught it on video, though. I don't know. I, did, I, I, I tried looking for it last night and this morning, but I was skipping through. So I'm going to say that I'm going to reserve the bad until we can verify it. All right. That's okay? fine. Let's that's do fine. that. Let's take a look at the ugly. The ugly is really in reference to addendum three, the policy violations during call to the public. Right. Now, you and I have had many discussions about this. Well, the last time you were on, we talked about it. And, you know, we were talking about this lady, Shirley, got basically banned for 90 days. Yes. Right. Uh, especially with her chance of pedi- pedophile towards Matt Hines. Yes. And and you, and you, I thought you made a good case about how all of this needs to be equally applied. Yes. You know, it's like we look at the scales of justice, Lady Liberty. Okay, let's balance those. And I point in this, in the case to Chair Grijalva. She's the one who controls the boardroom. She controls the floor. And it, I believe it was ascertained that the direction that came from Sam Brown, the county attorney, to direct and generate this letter was given to him by Supervisor Grijalva. Adelita Grijalva did this on her orders. And what I say is, if you're going to apply Lady Justice on the left-hand side, then you must apply Lady Justice on the right-hand side. And by that, I mean this. When we had the call to the public... I like how uh, the attorney here... Uh, Brown, what's his Sam Brown. Sam Brown. Uh, didn't um, even mention that he was directed in the letter by Adelita, right? He made no, it. If you re- if you read the yeah. letter, it made it look like it was almost like a unilateral decision, right? It had to. If Steve Christie doesn't ask the question last Tuesday, that's when we found it would out. make it seem like it was a five zero board uh, uh, appointment, so to speak. We're appointing you to do this letter chastise this woman, remove her from the boardroom for 90 days. We're all, and you know, that's part of what, remember, it's only until recently that in the board agenda, they started noting 
who opposed, who voted in favor of, because normally they would just say approved or denied. And what it did is it masked the identity of those individuals. You know, when you say approved, well, you don't know if that's a 3-2, a 4-1, or a 5-0. That's a huge difference. So let's do this. i got to go to break. When I come back, I want to continue a little bit about this because I want to bring back the the phrase slippery slope. <laughs> right? Because this 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 idea that did Shirley, uh, for what she said uh, in relation to, it, it was pretty harsh, right? And I don't think I would want anybody calling any of us a pedophile at a public meeting. Okay? Especially baseless accusations. We already have Republicans doing that up in Phoenix right now. Okay. So oh, we have that. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to correct you right there. Yes. We have that equally coming from all parties. Correct. Okay. So we. Not uh, the libertarians, again. Drew. You guys are great. You guys are great. <laughs> but what I want to talk about is this is that one little step that will enable Adelita to shut down a lot of stuff if it's not checked. Exactly. And what I want to call out a lead on on this is you're doing slippery slope. Okay. Along with that is what's good for the goose is good for the gander. All right. We're going to do every trite saying possible <laughs> when we come back. Me and Dr. D. Filippo. If you have a phone, com- phone call, 790-2040. Wake up Tucson comments at gmail.com. It's a D. Filippo theme song. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Martha. All right. 721 in the morning. You're on the Wake Up Tucson show. Uh friend of the show, Allie, was sending us that ever since she left office, the Pima County budget is up 72%. Now, I want I want to contextualize that. Please. Okay? Because I've been tracking the Pima County's general fund. The, the fund that we keep dipping into. Yeah. Okay. Trust me. This is my prediction. We're gonna not, We're not going to have a fund balance. So you're saying that uh, what you're looking at and the trends that you're seeing. You just track your, it through. Your, your yes. prediction of tracking it through is that Pima County, uh, Let me tell me if I'm overselling it, running out of cash. Yes, absolutely. Now, and I'll tell you why. If you go back a couple of weeks, you take a look at a memo that Jan Lesher put out to the board. And this is Jan, Jan's rave, waving the red flag to them. She said, hey, I'm giving you advance notice. These are the departments who are going to be over budget. Yeah, we went through Remember that. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. Now, you take a look at that. And then you take a look at everything that they've done where they keep saying, oh, take it out of the general fund. Oh, take it out of the general fund. I guarantee you, you start, I spent some time over the weekend on this. You start adding this up. I guarantee you there are private meetings going on right now at the county where they are in a panic about the general fund being expended. Yikes. It's my little prediction. Okay. The, um, they have been spending like crazy. Yes. Now, let's contextualize that within the context of... All of this, I'm going to call it, you know, we, we refer to it as the Build Back Better, the U.S. Treasury. Okay, I'm going to call it the BM, the bogus money, because that's what this is. We are living at an inflated rate. And I want to go back for a minute. Your brother was fantastic. Oh, my God. Went on the, he, he had, he fractionalized did this the reserves. fractionalized banking reserve system. Okay, because tie that to the general fund, what's going on. Well, you know, as he was speaking, I went, I wonder what the fractionalized system really is. And then he gave a definition of it. And I, I was driving down Alhoa, I'm thinking about that. And I went, 
That is exactly, you know, let's say, for example, you got 30 cents, that's real money, so to speak, but then you've got 70 cents that's just floating out there like you're going to put putting loans, cars, uh, you know, whatever it is. Sure. So what you've done is you've divested two-thirds of your investment into bogus-type money, right? You don't know what's going And here's the thing. The three banks now that have gone under, okay, remember... These are people who loaned out money, I, I believe Silicon Valley in particular, loaned it out at 2%. All of a sudden, the inflation, everything comes in, and all of a sudden, you're looking at a rate that's 5 6 7%. Of course, they're going to go under. What is despicable, despicable, is how they paid out themselves. Of course. And their employees. Before, hours before the feds came in. That is absolutely disgusting and i i really i i'm all for doing some kind of legislation that says any type of company that does that you think within, anyone's going to hold any of these people no because responsible? they're all no why and ask me why why <laughs> why aren't they going to hold them responsible because we have a one-party system <laughs> right now that is calling the shots you can bet your life if those were banks that were non-democrat supported they'd be going after them they'd be in they'd, they'd already have indictments on them but they don't because they're all part of the cabal, all part of this industry that says we will tell what the definitions are. We, look, look at what's that new definition that uh, Tim locks in the call to the public? Our homeless neighbors. Remember, oh, yeah, we he, have, did, he did bring that up. We have to redefine. Oh, and remember, and uh, anybody listening to the meeting also, Christy gave Christy asked, "What's the definition of a traveler?" Oh yeah, I saw okay. That. All right. So what's going on in our own boardroom? We have to redefine everything that's going on because the the traditional understandings of the words does not fit the narrative. Remember, we have a Supreme Court justice cannot define the woman. Cannot define a woman? Yep. Okay, and she's sitting there in the female form body of a woman, but she can't define herself? Are you kidding me? I think my favorite... uh Woman's Day moment last week. Oh, I know okay. what you're going to say. It's the Toronto Raptors NBA basketball team, and they had the guys do videos of why women are important, right? And three of them said, because they're the ones that have babies, and basically it's the idea that we can't have a, you know, we're not going to have a future if women aren't having babies, right? Yeah. And they caught crap for it. Yeah. But... <laughs> Because, because their definition, their their intended <laughs> definition did not fit the social norm narrative that they're trying to put out. Oh, your mom's a your your mom's a female? What a loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have an actual mom who's a female? Okay. Hey, real quick on that on the freedom of speech thing with Shirley, I want to get back yes. to really the slippery slope that I mentioned is the idea that remember Adelita, this is how much of a narcissist she is, okay, and a power-hungry young lady that she is, is that she basically says the word community norms, right? Which, what I've learned from her is whatever she thinks is the it's community norms. It's what she norms. dictates. It's what she calls there's no, out. There's no definition of community norms at Pima County. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joanne. No, you're absolutely correct. All right. And the so, community norm is the is the norm of those who are sitting in the power seats. <laughs> correct. Kazachik played the same card with Grand Canyon. What do you mean? Didn't they don't Grand Canyon University doesn't fit into the community fabric? He yes. said the same. He played the same card. Yes. Yes. So that's why they actually denied them. If you go come hard and heavy at them with some facts that they don't like, wait until Adelita gets you for the next one. Oh, right. You, you know, it, I well, I want to I want to do this. I want to say this. If somebody out there listening is a videographer, 
please go into a collection of the facial expressions of Adelita as we're going through in the meetings. They're precious. I mean, you can tell exactly. Remember how Allie used to have her own video because she didn't trust Huckleberry? I used to do. We'd do the videos, and then I would go in the office and do the splice the segments. <laughs> right? Oh, I had a ball. Because the other part of that, well, one was not trusting that Huckleberry was going to present the right thing. Right. And also, the video system's better now because before it used to look like this is a Bruder film. <laughs> right? No one knew what the hell was going well, on. Well, it would take a couple days also. Right. Yeah. And so now it's on YouTube, which is much better. Yes. Okay. But I, so my thing is maybe we need to have a videographer just with a camera right on her face I'm for the entire you. film. That's all you do is this is on her face and just they'll, that'll be uh, video gold. You can tell. Okay. Now there was, um, uh, okay, let's going in with your slippery slope and I'm going to call it what's good for the goose is good for the gander. All right. We, we got 30 seconds for a tease and we're going to go to break. Okay. I'm calling this out and that is to chair. Adelita Grijalva, you balance those scales of justice or you are just as guilty of everything that you're accusing everybody else of. Amen, sister. What do you want to talk about next when we come back? Uh, let's go in and talk about this uh, report from um, Mike Ortega at the city on this homeless intergovernmental agreement. All right. Okay. Chris and Joanne, you're on Wake Up Tucson. Drew Heaton and Fernando Gonzalez coming up at the top of the hour. Wake Up Tucson, 10th of the Voice, local news and talk. I pray I have four minutes to read you the latest Mark Fincham email. Matt, this could be the greatest one freaking ever. I'm just telling you, just amazing. We're hanging out with Dr. Joanne D. Filippo. We're doing your Pima County Monday Nowhere to Run, Nowhere to Hide uh, segment. My Martha Day. My Martha Day. <laughs> so I, I was watching, uh, For some, Mike Ortega was up uh, at the dais at the Pima County. He, if you don't know him, he's that guy, a very quiet man who is uh, collecting uh, just probably under 300 Gs to just kind of mine the books for the seven nutballs at the city council. They call him the city manager. But he was up there. and it, 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 You know, of course, he's a, he seems like a nice fella, but he's one of the most boring people. I, I really almost fell asleep. He's a bean counter. Yeah. He, I mean, I, I like Mike. Okay? Yeah, Wait a minute. <laughs> he's really the CFO for the city. He's a bean counter. Correct. <laughs> All right, so he got up there because they're going to collaborate on homelessness and something. Yes, now let's go back to, remember, a couple weeks ago, the Board of Supervisors approved an intergovernmental agreement that the city of Tucson and Pima County would work together on addressing homelessness. Okay. So we we call them the the 12 unholy disciples, right? The five plus the seven. Yeah. So it seems like out of that 12, there's... One, there's there's two, two. Two. There's two, maybe two and a half, if Rex feels scared about re-election, yes. right? Yes. That is on board with doing something to clean I, up I, I will, crime. And you know what? I do. I, I want to mention something in there. I do. Okay. I would say that Christy, Bronson, and I'm going to throw Scott in there, and I'll tell you why I'm going to throw him in there. He's been there on a couple of votes. Well, so. there's something that he did this past week that I just happen to hear uh, per chance, I'm driving, and I the radio station, who I'm not going to name, okay? But anyways, Rex was on. And Rex was talking. Rex actually gave me some really good ideas in listening to him. And he was talking about the group Youth on Their Own. 
Yes. And people don't realize how many youth in this community are actually on their own. They're homeless. Oh, it's we've okay. been talking around this show forever. Yeah, people just don't realize that the number. And Rex took the time out to meet with them and everything. And I, I want to thank him for addressing this, bringing this up, because as chair of the Pima County Affordable Housing Commission, I'm actually going to invite Supervisor Scott to come to the commission and talk about these youth on their own who are homeless and you know, the need for affordable housing, which ties then into this issue of this homelessness. What does affordable housing have to do with homeless teens? Because they can't afford homes. So what you want to do... They weren't going to afford a home in the first place. They're a homeless teen. Uh, yeah, but what you what you do is... This, yeah, is, a okay. foster, this, is, a, this is a foster family adoption problem. Remember, remember this. People don't realize this. Many of those teens turn 18 and they're thrown out of the that's system. That's true. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Those teens who reach 18, literally, I have seen it firsthand. I have friends who are work for CPS. So it's even worse when you're in a town that has no job opportunities worth the crap. No job opportunities. And, and education sucks. No housing opportunities, uh, you know, and it's like, I sat back See, and what I you're doing is, But it. my thing is, again, you're taking these kids who are 18 that um, a good portion of them are, un- even went through, a, if they went through a local K through 12, Right, they're they're pretty much uneducated. If, if they if they went through, many of them right. are just bounced here and there all over so their entire lives. I mean, they're uneducated. They're not ready to work in a place that has no job opportunities, and we're just going to throw them in a, into government housing. No, here's where I really, you know what? And I tell you, I mean, I'm going to go back and take a look at what Bill Clinton did in the early '90s. Night basketball. <laughs> no, <laughs> he did a lot of stuff. But one thing that I do remember, okay, <laughs> he did a lot of stuff that we're not going to bring now back. These guys are going to shoot <laughs> each other, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to put the lights on, and we're going to have a basketball league. Okay, I, and I don't know if you remember this. You remember the program called TANF, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families? I do remember that that okay. that acronym. Okay, Bill Clinton, when he was in office in the early '90s, said. We will do government support services. However, in exchange for that, you are going to work 30 hours a week in the community, which is phenomenal. Because when if someone it, holds those people accountable. Well, actually, TANF was working pretty good, and they did hold them accountable. I did 30 not hours have sex with that woman, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was a different, that's a different quote. Sorry. Wrong, wrong dress. <laughs> wrong dress. Wrong dress. Okay. Wrong pantsuit. Wrong dress. Okay. And so what I'm saying is this. You know that when you give something... <laughs> get my Dean Wormer ready. <laughs> Point zero. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. You know that when you give something to somebody that's free. Yes. There's a big difference than giving somebody something that has, let's say, a little bit of sweat equity in there. No, okay. I, I, we, we've learned over the years of talking all of this stuff, right? Unearned wealth, whether you get it from your rich uncle, you get it from the government, never leads to anything good. No, and it's redistribution of yeah. unearned wealth, okay? Yeah. So let's go. All right, now what I'm trying to do is tie this all together for you. Okay, remember this. Well, a lot of redistributed is actually earned wealth from the private sector. <laughs> yeah, that's redistributed <laughs> to the unearned. Thank okay. You. All right. Now we what, what was interesting is Mike Ortega did get up there and you know give a little introduction, and he said the focus of this program is we're going to take resources and do it in a way that where it is not redundant, or we're able to recognize the gaps. And he said, we've developed an action plan, which is going to be updated monthly. 
my question that I wrote right alongside that is, where is it? Okay. And Jan did say, well, our county staff are also doing a plan. So I guess the thing is, somewhere along the line, they're going to be meeting every week, every other week, the staff, et cetera, put these joint plans together, and they'll be giving periodic, regular updates on all of this. Bronson then asked, she said, what about fentanyl? And, you know, Mike said, that's one of the most difficult issues. How do we address it? And he said, if you have ideas and thoughts, because this is a regional issue, Bronson then rightly so brought up, and she said, well, if this is regional, where are the other factors at the table, right? Because this IGA is between the city and the county. So now it's a matter of... You mean the two, the municipalities that have the biggest problem dealing with crime? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're kind of like missing from the IGA. And, you know, Bronson, keep on that, because that was good that she brought that up. I mean, they're so bad that Moran and Oro Valley are trying to figure out to have more judges of their own so they can arrest people and take care of it on their side. Because they're going nowhere being part of this. I'm going to call it a crime. I mean, to me, Moran, Oro Valley, and Sarita should be building a wall around this place. Ah, we don't like walls, remember Oh, that. that's true. Okay, we don't like walls. <laughs> no, no le gusta las, las fronteras, eh? Okay. <laughs> All right, so now we take a look at Christy. But the woman who came up, her name is Mari, what, what's her last name? Vasquez. Vasquez, and she is the multi-agency resource coordinator. Remember, she's funded half from the city and half from the county. General fund money? Well, that's where they probably had to pull it from. I just want to make sure yeah. we're running out of cash at the county. We, so we can go back sure. and take a look at it, but I'm pretty sure they pulled it from the contingency <laughs> general fund, okay? All right. Okay, so now, and Christy was so right, and he said, he goes, we pay 50% of your salary, correct? And she goes, yeah. And so he said to her, "He, I mean, this is this is the woman who is now the multi-agency resource coordinator. Now, mind you, they're redefining all these words, and Christy says, well, I'd like to discuss the term travelers. And she said, well, I'm not aware of that word and the meaning. Okay, go back to the drawing board, Murray. Where are we seeing the word traveler? Where is it? Where is, who's, who's, who's uttering it? Because I believe that's what we're now seeing in a lot of our documentation going forward. Remember, Travelers it's like, or homeless neighbors, as well, Tim said? Well, we refer to the undocumented as homeless migrants. And they've now progressed to legal homeless migrants i'm sorry there is a federal law that says they are what they're doing is illegal okay there's a federal law just because we have a senile person sitting in the white white house that says run, oh no we're going to run, run by ideologues yes and, and what what they now say is oh we're going to reinvent the law it doesn't matter that there's a law already on the books we're going to go back and reinvent the law and we're going to say no these are legal homeless migrants and then we have people at the county i'm going to call it our little marxist continuum okay that are there and they go yes we're buying into this the legal homeless migrants and it is this and remember this whole thing about redefining oh let me tell you something I'm in the middle of doing a congressional appropriation request for someone. Guess what's on the list that you can't ask for? Sexual orientation of your roads. No. No monuments. No, nothing that could have a representation of a name. Nothing. It's prohibited to to submit anything on a congressional appropriation request. Now... Why is that important? Because it ties into this whole thing about the defining and new meaning, contextualizing things. You don't want anything that runs the chance of being able to represent 
social society as we know it. Not leftist society, but social society as we know it. I'm waiting for them to come uh, take down the Father Kino statue for, uh, you know, he uh, did something to, you know, force force convert somebody and well, he's out. There's father, what's, what's that big statue? I mean, I know what it is. I'm going to give you a test. Pancho Villa. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And let me, let me tell you, okay, what is wrong with that statue? He's a murderer. No. What is wrong with that statue? The, the, the artwork itself. Uh, he has no guns. No. They violated the earth to mine the metals for the... That's true, but no. <laughs> and you know what? It was pointed out to me by a group of Mexican men. So to me, he's the perfect representation of local Tucson politics. So that's why I, we just got to call it out for what it is. But what 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 am I missing? He's missing a set of reins. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I never realized mm-hmm. that until they, until they mentioned it to me. They mm-hmm. said, Mire, no tiene las reinas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to break. Oh, One more segment so with Dr. D. Filippo, Drew Heaton, and Fernando Gonzalez coming up at 807. And we're going to tie into the big box and all those contracts we had last time. Okay. Okay. When we come back also, before the show's over, I got to read you the first three paragraphs of the Mark Fincham email I got today. It's freaking gold. Chef's kiss, as we like to say. Okay, leave Mark alone. (laughs) Hell no. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10th third of the voice. Stupid is as stupid does. Wake up, Tucson. All right. Welcome back to Wake Up Tucson. Dr. D. Filippo, Christopher D. Simone. Josh Jacobson just hit me up. He says, hey, we go into encampments. This is pretty important. We're not encountering illegals in the encampments. Yeah, I mean... The illegals want to get away from the people in the encampment. Yeah, they're not going to go to an encampment. They just got, they just ran away from one. <laughs> uh, they're not going to run from one drug cartel to another drug cartel. Uh, he says, except we don't sell arm wristbands here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, he goes, we now this is really amazing. So uh, the Crime Free Coalition is going into these encampments and talking to the people in there, right? He goes, what we're finding is this now. This uh, Felipe at Visit Tucson, you did not intend this, but this is this is a different sort of tourism. Okay, we're finding that people are coming from other communities in the West because fentanyl is so cheap and abundant here, and it's known that we have no enforcement. So does that mean we have drug tourism? We have we have dr- we do have <laughs> we have fe- let's say we have fentanyl we have yes. fentanyl tourism. Yes. you were you were looking for uh, you were looking for a brand the other day, right? We have fentanyl tourism. And the thing I'm hearing from my officers, I've heard this now from multiple officers at TPD. They do if a business owner directly asks you to help with this situation, they want you to go to the tell the business owner to go to the website that you fill out your form about homelessness. Don't don't bungle 911. Don't 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 crowd up 911 with your call about a fentanyl homeless guy attacking your business, a business. And literally, you're getting poo-pooed from doing any sort of direct action with this, right? Even if Sergeant Jolsing, the guy, the, the, the Stockholm Syndrome homeless guy, they don't respond to your business owner, they still don't want you to help the business owner. Yep. They want you to just fill out the form. That's Re- what Rahina wants you to Just fill out the form. Remember, the taxpayer has now become the target. Yeah, it's the 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 taxpayer and the business owner are the lowest form of yes. life of of life in Tucson, you are Arizona, going to right pay, now. You are going to pay, and you are going to get destroyed. Yeah. Now, 
let me let me I want to I want to address something here. I thought about this as we were going through today. I want to you know going back to our good bad ugly. Okay. On the good because it ties into what we're what we're talking about here. I want to make mention of the fact that we have actually two experienced and from opposing political parties, one Democrat, one Republican, and that is Supervisor Bronson and Supervisor Christie, who actually, if we go through the agendas, we will see that oftentimes they vote together. You'll see a 3-2. And I want to say, why is that good? Because we've got two experienced people who recognize what this community needs or how to address an issue. And so for that, I say, the other three board members... You may, you may not be in agreement with it, but pay attention to it. It's how people can learn to get along and work for the good of the community. And what we see at Little Pima County here, that's what we need at the national level. Now, the bad, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Supervisor Hines, but I got to do this. You are now giving your official title unofficially to your chief of staff. So I'm now going to call it Supervisor David Higuera because... He is representing Matt Hines as supervisor. I mean, Matt, as supervisor. I mean, Matt can barely make a meeting. So I, he he was marked absent at the beginning of this last meeting, but then magically shows up on a new boat with his Hawaiian shirt, shirt on, and then he goes off camera, and then he comes back, and then he goes. You know what, Matt? Please do this community a favor. Figure out if you want, and I mean this with all sincerity, figure out if you want to be a supervisor or not. Your constituents, in fact, that one woman who's from uh, uh, Saurita, she got up and spoke. And, you know, she basically, um, she said, she, I'm a Saurita taxpayer, you know, and she was saying, do your job. She said, you know, you don't show up for meetings. And basically, she's like saying, "Do we need to recall you? Is that what we need to do?" So let me let me uh, let me talk to the queen of com- community norms here, Adelita Grohalva. Here's another community norm: when you're elected supervisor, you show up to the damn meetings, the whole meeting, and nothing but the whole meeting. You show up, you dress semi-respectfully. You okay? respect that. You respect right. the public, right? You respect the public. You take your hits at the call to the audience. And you do your freaking job. Yep. You want community norms, Adelita? And I know you don't want to enforce community norms on Matt Hines because I know he's a mindless vote for you because when you need him. Because she needs his vote. She needs his vote to enforce her agenda further. When do you see her and him on important stuff breaking? Like, never. Never. All right? I mean, if she told him to vote that the world was flat, he would do it. Because he knows without the Grijalvas... This is you got to remember we'll hear what happened here. They, no one expected him to beat Ramon Valdez. Ramon right? didn't expect it. I mean, I mean, Ramon's the laziest campaigner ever, but it finally got him. Okay, and Dr. Hines with I'm a doctor and I'm going to help you know pump more vaccine in your arm helped a lot of scared Democrats vote for him. Okay, but no one expected him to win, let alone Matt. I actually okay. think that beyond Democrats, I do believe that there were a number of. But opposing party people who vote thinking. But thinking. the Grijalvas have never been excited about Matt in the past when he ran, right? Mm-hmm. When he ran against uh, what's her face, um, Martha, right? I mean, he's. I mean, what a lucky thing for Martha to run against the worst candidate you could ever run against. So this it's, guy. It's the. I wing. mean, she pound. Remember, she went from losing, beating Ron Barber by a hundred and eighty votes to beating him up by fifteen thousand or some ridiculous amount of votes. So he knows because he wants to be in Congress. Matt Hines. 
If he thinks he, he if he thinks he's being attacked now, wait. If he were ever to run for Congress and win, right? I mean, he would be annihilated. Now, can, I, I want to address one issue before we go. Yeah. Okay. I'm going, and it, and this is the epitome. It ties everything together. You do realize. Remember a couple of months ago when Jan said, "Oh, the feds are now going to be going to the big box approach to house the illegals." Right. Okay. This county is in the process of buying a building, buying a building somewhere like, I want to say I-10 and Irvington, something like no, that. No, it's I-19 and Irvington. Okay. Drexel, I think. Yeah. Dre- okay, the old, is it an old call center? Is it's that an old it call center. Okay. I mean, business here sucks so bad, we can't even, we can't even keep a call center busy. So, so let me ask you that. Remember, I do believe, this is my prediction, that we're going to have problems with the general fund balance. Meaning there isn't one, okay? Now, we've brought in over $300 million in COVID funds. I want to know, and, and you know, Christy and Bronson keep asking about and people this. wonder why there's inflation. Yeah. Just Pima County by itself bring in $300 million of COVID funds. Alone, alone. That's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> Christy and Bronson keep asking, how many, all these people who we've hired, did, uh, are they hired under intermittent employees? What? It, who's going to maintain? Who's going to take care of that big box building after the federal funds go away? Because they're going away quickly. Who's going to take care of all these people? And you do realize when you lay someone off like on a riff and you haven't brought them in as an intermittent or a temporary, guess what you pay? Guess what you're subject to? Unemployment. That's right. Okay. And so that, that the, and I say kudos, the good, Christian Bronson, keep that up. Keep asking those questions. Keep demanding answers on it. Because we taxpayers are going to be left holding the bag, the box, the and book, again, the, the candle. The Democrats in this town have refused to take grant money that usually has to do with hiring more cops or That's public right. safety. Saying that it'll be a liability for us later after the life of the grant. Correct, right? But when it comes to this, they don't care. No. I mean, and so I will, we'll do that. We will do this week. The one thing about this fund balance thing that was really interesting. And you you brought this up months ago and we're going to run out of time in 36 seconds. But when Jan told the supervisors that they were going to be very involved in the budget. Oh yeah. Because she wants them on the hook for this budget for real. She wants them to be held accountable for their decisions. Not like Chuck who just handed him and he patted him on their head and they voted like zombies for it. So, mm-hmm. Dr. D, can't wait to see you next Monday and at the races this weekend. <gasps> That's right. We should have a good one. Just 17 horses racing this wish, weekend. Wish me luck. <laughs> Boy, do I wish I did. Okay. <laughs> All right. We got our friends here to talk about the ward-only uh, proposition going on in the city of Tucson. Oh, and I want to thank your brother for explaining the Federal Reserve Banking. Uh, I, that was wonderful. Fractional, was wonderful. Is it, fractional reserves. Yes. Who knew we were going to have that discussion? Yes.